What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome in to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, I am joined by another new guest. It's Gadiel from First Take Fantasy. Gadiel, how's it going? Going good. I'm just hanging out here, ready to dive into some Superflex Dynasty talk. Um, for for the record, I am a little bit new with the whole Superflex stuff. I've kind of learned a lot about it throughout this past fantasy season, and I'm actually looking to get into my own like Superflex Dynasty League. So this is going to be a useful tool for me. Obviously, someone more experienced like you. I'm I'm excited to get it going. Yeah, all right. That's that's actually cool that you uh, ha- don't have too much experience with Superflex because I think it can generate some good discussion. So if you guys haven't caught on already, guys, this is the, and I'm sure you can see from the title, this is the Dynasty Startup Mock Draft episode. And uh, me and Gadiel are actually going to be using Fantasy Pros. We are picking from the same spot. So we, we will be having discussions and debates with each other on who we want to draft for our team. Um, so with that said, we randomly generated, and so this is, remember, a super flex PPR league. Quarterbacks are super important. We are at the 107 and off the board to start the draft. Patrick Mahomes, 101, as it should be. Christian McCaffrey, 102. Saquon Barkley, 103. Then Michael Thomas is the first receiver. Pretty questionable there. Kyler Murray at 105. Josh Allen at 106. Now we are on the board. So, Gadiel, I, I think the... The best move right here because of how important uh, quarterback is in Superflex and how quickly it goes off the board, I think we need to take a quarterback. And, you know, if you have any reason to, to think otherwise, go ahead go ahead and say so. But if we are going to go quarterback, who, who do you think uh, we would be debating? Because I feel like it's either Deshaun Watson right here or Justin Herbert. Yeah, those are really the two names that stick out. I'm for sure going quarterback here just because, like you said, the importance of the quarterback position is big in Superflex for sure. So um, between Watson and Herbert, I think it's interesting because right now, obviously, Watson looks like the better player. I mean, he's like pretty much a top five quarterback in the NFL. He can rush, he can pass, he can do all that stuff. But we really don't know where he's going to end up. So maybe he ends up in an offense where it's a change of scenery. And yes, he's super talented, but maybe he doesn't he isn't relied on as much as he was in Houston because you watch any of the Texans games, like he is the entire offense for Justin Herbert. I feel like you already know he's in a set situation. If you heard uh, their head coach, Brandon Staley today, he was pretty much saying, we know Justin Herbert is a superstar. We want to build around him and just use all of his talents. So I don't know. I love both of these guys as players. I kind of leading Herbert right now though just because of the situation being a little bit more stable but I'm not opposed to either one here yeah so I, I actually completely agree um when when looking at my quarterback rankings I actually have Watson one spot ahead Deshaun Watson is my quarterback four Justin Herbert is my quarterback five but because of the questions right now I am completely fine with going Justin Herbert and since that's the way you want to go and I I definitely so see the argument for it I think that's what we're going to go ahead and do so let me Go ahead and plug that in. Oh boy, man, it's been a while since I've used this fantasy pros. Uh, since I've used this fantasy pros thing right here, I'm gonna just have to type his name in, I guess, because he is pretty low down there. There he is, Justin Herbert. That's who we're gonna take. 
the the one the one thing is his ECR right is 27. So if we go Watson, there is a chance that Herbert falls. But honestly, I don't think either of either of them are gonna fall. So I, I'm uh, gonna just go with Justin Herbert for us. Yeah. So we took him pulling up the draft board again. These are the guys that just went off the board. And by the way, guys, you guys may be thinking, you know, if we didn't want to go quarterback, who would we have been looking at? With McCaffrey, Barkley, and Michael Thomas off the board, I would say the best available player, if you're not looking at quarterback, would have been Jonathan Taylor. Yes. You agree? All right. So, yeah, 100%. I would say Jonathan Taylor or Tyreek Hill. And, you know, some people like the wide receiver. Some people like the running back better. It really depends on how you want to build your team. Wide receiver will set you up for a longer period of time, but running back gives you a better advantage from week to week, and the drop-off at running back is much more steep, even though we have so many good ones in the NFL. So I would have went Jonathan Taylor if we didn't go quarterback. And guess what? No way. Wow, this is a beautiful. This is going to be a beautiful start if you agree with me here. So after we took Justin Herbert, it went Alvin Kamara, Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Hopkins, Ezekiel Elliott, and by the way, Travis Kelsey at 111, what do you think about that? That sounds like a reach to me in terms of not not tight end premium, right? Yeah. And he's he's pretty up there in age. Like, I don't mind Kelsey. I actually just, the last episode that just published um, was my tight end rankings. I have Kelsey a little bit lower because of the age, but I don't mind taking him at one. I just think 111 is super high. Would you imagine yourself taking him that high in a draft in Dynasty? Yeah, no, and, and I think that's really high. It, obviously, he is kind of that cheat code this year. Like, he was the singular player that I think gave you such a big advantage over every other player compared to everybody else at his position. But taking him in the first round, like, is Travis Kelsey is the best player on my team? Um, I'm just not a big fan of that. And he's getting a little bit up there in age. And yes, he's aging very well as a football player but once you get older the injuries start to creep in and he'll still be really good like he'll probably still finish as a tight end one probably a top three tight end locked in um but i don't know i don't love the idea of taking kelsey there but with all those things that you said um who did did, you didn't say the name jonathan taylor did you um let me pull it back up because i didn't finish i didn't go all the way to the end so looking at the draft board no he actually hasn't gone off yet um, so that's going to spark an interesting debate, right? Do we go quarterback again or do we get Jonathan Taylor? So my argument for this, and just to finish out the round, so after Travis Kelsey at 111, it was DeAndre Hopkins, Ezekiel Elliott at 201. That's egregious in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers at 202. I think that's a bit of a reach as well because of age. Miles Sanders at 203. Devontae Adams at 204. 204 and right before us, Tyreek Hill, who's my dynasty wide receiver one at 205. So... You're thinking Jonathan Taylor, right? That's somebody you're you're at least considering here. I'm considering him as well with Deshaun Watson and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is my number two dynasty wide receiver, and he's here. So I think the question we have to ask ourselves, and I know you're not too accustomed to Superflex, is how much are we going to value this quarterback position? And I, I personally, I think we should take Deshaun uh, and just pair him with Herbert, have quarterback lockdown for the future. They are both very young. They're both very good, probably top five most seasons moving forward. Um, until they both exit their prime. For me, I, I like to, a good way I think to picture and visualize value in a super flex draft when you're doing a startup is what is the immediate trade value of these players? And when you have Deshaun Watson in a super flex league, he's a three first rounder type of player. You know, Patrick Mahomes goes for four or five first rounders in a super flex dynasty league. Kyler Murray's like three and a half, four. Deshaun Watson's not too far off. He's about worth three first rounders. Jonathan Taylor in my uh in my opinion is probably like two first rounders so to me 
And when I say first rounders, I'm usually just talking about like to make it even, to make the scale even, just like a mid first rounder. Um, but so to me, I think Watson is probably the most, um, you know, like the highest value player here. But, you know, if you want to pitch a different way, I'm, I'm totally open to either Taylor or AJ Brown, or if you want to throw somebody else out there that I, I am not looking at, go for it. Um, the only name that I'm really looking at here is Jonathan Taylor. Obviously I am not a super flex, uh, guru or anything. So I'm not super accustomed to this. Um, I just think Jonathan Taylor has a ton of upside to be had, but I really do like the point that you brought up with Deshaun Watson because that trade value is going to be higher for sure for all the reasons you said. So I think you kind of convinced me on taking Watson because just the value is so much better there. Yes, Jonathan Taylor is going to be really good, but running backs don't age gracefully. Deshaun Watson is going to be great for the next 10 years, like exactly. probably minimum. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Quarterbacks I'll, definitely. I'll last. go Watson there too. You sold me on that. Awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so for the listeners, um, I, I completely agree, and I'm glad you brought that up about Watson. Is also the quarterback position lasts way longer, especially than the running back position. Plus, if you think about rookie drafts, right? If we have, if we draft a good team, and let's say we went Jonathan Taylor here, if we draft a good team, and then we just have like a mediocre second quarterback, it's going to be very difficult to get a very good starting quarterback for the rest of our league in dynasty because the quarterbacks always go at 101 and 102 every single time in superflex rookie drafts last this this past year in superflex drafts it was joe burrow uh oh my goodness joe burrow and then justin herbert and who's the other one it was a uh, tua geez Man, he's taken such a decline, I couldn't even think about him for a second. So <laughs> Joe Burrow and Tua were the 101 and the 102, and then Herbert was going like mid-first So in Superflex leagues. Jonathan Taylor is a great running back, and yes, he was going super high as well, but we also see guys like Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, all these guys were had at the back end of first rounds, and they're almost near the same value as Jonathan Taylor. So I think it would be much easier for us to also fill a need at running back than quarterback, especially if you have a good team. Because unless you're, you know, you have a bottom team in the league and you get one of the top two picks, it's going to be very hard to hit on quarterback. So that's what has us going to Sean Watson here. And I love it. I didn't think there was any way that this would happen. But we started the Super Flex Dynasty League with Deshaun Watson and Justin Herbert. And so now let's see who's gone off the board since then. Looking at the draft board, right after we picked with... Um, with Deshaun Watson, we had Derrick Henry, then Dak Prescott, Chris Godwin, Jonathan Taylor, there he is, Russell Wilson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Mark Andrews. That's very interesting. I'm not a big Mark Andrews guy, and no. I know you're not either. No, no. I mean, I liked him in the offseason, but like, I think with Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, this goes for both of them, they're not number one options. They're complementary guys. Um, you're going to drive. I mean, this is a third round. Yeah, that high, 301. That's, that's unbelievable in Superflex especially. That's I wouldn't take him in the third round of a regular Dynasty League, probably not even a redraft league. Um, I just I don't see that at all. I, that's way too high. Yeah, uh, That's a big reach at tight end for sure. Yeah, I definitely think that's a reach, especially because, you know, he may be a free agent soon. I, I don't remember. I think it's this year, isn't it? It's either this year or next year because he doesn't have uh, a fifth-year option. He's not a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think he's going to leave Baltimore. They don't have enough weapons to let him walk. Like, they're going to re-sign him. And he also hasn't been, like, insane putting up numbers where somebody's going to poach him for a super high price. So I don't see him leaving that situation, and that situation is going to going to continue to hold him back. Um, and then after Mark Andrews at 301 went Joe Mixon, 
Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Nick Chubb, and right before us, DK Metcalf, but that's fine because, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest DK guy <laughs> with, the, yeah, you're not with the video. huge on DK. So looking at the board, let me just go uh, look at the positions real quick. The top quarterback, I, I think we're good on quarterback for now, but the top quarterback on the board is Joe Burrow. That's interesting. So, like, if we went Jonathan Taylor, we possibly could have gotten Joe Burrow instead of Watson, but I still like that decision because there's some really good running backs on the board. So the highest ranked running back for me on the board right now is Antonio Gibson. He's my dynasty running back six, I believe. Yeah, six. But DeAndre Swift's also on the board. He's my seven. Who do you prefer between those two people? And then there's also guys like Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, um, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers. Um, those are two guys that I've been pounding the table for since they were in college. Like I loved Antonio Gibson. I love DeAndre Swift. Um, I had them. I have them in every single league that I'm in. So that's tough. Who do I like more? I think. I think Swift. Okay, I'm fine and with that. And the reason I think Swift is because of all the coaching changes that they had. Um, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about, oh, I don't know how to feel about DeAndre Swift because the Lions are going to be terrible. But if you look at what like Saquon Barkley did in 2018, Christian McCaffrey did in 2019. Um, I mean, you can even say, like, Dalvin Cook this year, I guess. And Antonio like, Gibson this year was pretty good. Yeah, like, there's situation. players that they overcome. They're just so talented. They overcome those bad situations. And DeAndre Swift is probably going to be, like, a 20-25 touch guy next year. Unless they – I mean, I doubt they're drafting a running back. Swift looks like the complete package. I love both of these guys. Like, if you told me Antonio Gibson, I'm not going to fight you on that. I love Gibson, too. He's a great player. Um, I just think there's going to be a – there's a better chance – that Swift is going to be that like 80% snap share, like workload guy, mm-hmm. as opposed to Gibson, because JD McKissick is still there and because he's still learning the position. I don't know if he ends, ever ends up being like the absolute workhorse, but he's definitely going to be the lead back, one of the best running backs in the NFL for a very long time. So I'm good with either one of these here. I just think Swift personally, I think his usage is going to be better in Detroit, but if usage was equal, it's literally a toss-up. These two dudes are ridiculously talented, and they can do everything on the football field. Yeah. So that's actually funny that you say that, because I'm a little bit on the other coin where I think Antonio Gibson will get more usage, but I think mm-hmm. Swift will be more efficient. Because if you look at like what Kamara did, because Dan Campbell is coming from the Saints, and he yeah. was even talking about, you know, we need to put Swift in the slot. So... I think Swift is going to be used in a similar way with Kamara or as Kamara was with, you know, being a very good receiving back and only getting maybe 10 to 13 carries. But I think he's going to be pretty efficient doing it. Um, Not crazy efficient because they're not nearly as good or well-rounded as the Saints offense was. But for me, I'm completely fine going Swift. But I do have to say, and I didn't say this in the beginning because I didn't even notice. I didn't think it'd be possible. A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson are both on the board right now. Wow. So do you want to pivot to receiver? Because usually I like running back more. Like I I like running back more, but A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson are my wide receivers two and three, and Swift and Gibson are six and seven. And I, you know, I think, uh, like I think they're just going to be elite. Like they're going to be guys that are like consistently top eight receivers year after year after year. And both of them have potential to be the wide receiver one on any given year. Um, Cause yeah. AJ Brown is probably going to see a volume increase with Corey Davis or John o. Smith or both leaving. And also as Derrick Henry breaks down over time, they're going to have to throw the ball more, which increases volume for AJ Brown too. And really that's the only thing he's one of the most efficient receivers in the league that holds him back. And then Justin Jefferson, 
you know, he's very young, and we may not have even seen the best of him yet, despite him breaking all the rookie, like, receiving yardage re- records and, and stuff like that. So uh, I'm fine with either. Uh, what do you think? You, you want to go stick with running back, or you want to pivot to one of these guys? I'll say receiver, because yes, the sir. longevity of the receiver position is just so much better. And I, given the way that this, like, algorithm for Fantasy Pros is working, I feel like a running back, like Swift or Gibson, one of the two will fall to the I next round. I think Gibson might. But we'll see. Um, I love Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown, and they're really in the same situation. Both of their offensive coordinators left, so there is the change chance there's like a schematic change that kind of helps them get more volume next year, which is definitely going to be a big deal. Um, I'll go with – damn, it's tough. between They're both alphas. They're just alphas yeah. in their own, right? Yeah, I like A.J. because he's done it twice. Yeah. Um <sighs> Oh, I don't know. This one's so tough, actually. I am having a, a lot of trouble between Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown. Um, damn. <laughs> you got to make the I decision. This Justin on Jefferson you. has feeling there right now. Yeah. And A.J. Brown really has no competition. Yes. So I guess you could go A.J. Brown, but like, right. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys, but I'll go A.J. Brown here. All right, cool. So we just locked in A.J. Brown. So right now we're looking at our team being in a super flex PPR, we got Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson as our quarterbacks. That is by far the best combo in the league. That's elite. And then, in my opinion, we have the second best receiver already. So since we've taken A.J. Brown, here are the guys off the board. Calvin Ridley, Josh Jacobs, Ryan Tannehill, Austin Eckler, Carson Wentz, Mike Evans, Aaron Jones, Jalen Hurts at the 403. There are still guys... Let me just check oh to make gosh. sure. Joe Burrow is still on the board. Somebody just took Jalen Hurts. Let me look at the quarterbacks that are available. Somebody That's took Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow, over Baker, Matt Stafford, Tua. I understand the upside, but he is way too risky. Like, he has a floor of not being a starter. Like, that's the floor that exists for Hurts. I don't think that that was a good pick. I think that was too high. Now, I would say there's not that many quarterbacks I'd prefer. Uh, like I said, Burrow... Tua, possibly, Baker, and Stafford. I prefer all of those guys above Jalen Hurts. But then after that, you've got Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and then like a whole bunch of guys with like no upside. And like, you know, I I don't even think that their longevity in the league is very, uh, very long with what remains for their careers. So, you know, I would take Hurts probably maybe next round if I had to, if I needed a quarterback, but I think that was a reach. What do you think about uh, Hurts and his outlook? Um, I think. Hertz and Mike Evans were picked like two picks apart from each other based upon what you said maybe like two or three they were picked in the same round that's just crazy to me um <laughs> Mike Evans is gonna be a Hall of Fame wide receiver and Jalen Hurts is a fringe starting quarterback right now like yeah. he can be really good but that's 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 wild to me I guess this is why you draft quarterbacks early in Superflex yeah for sure it is because yeah like like there's only like four good names on the board and we're in the fourth round right now so that's why I really loved being able to, to stack those two quarterbacks. So actually, uh, DeAndre Swift made it back to us. So did Antonio Gibson. We already had the discussion. So uh, you want to just take Swift and not overcomplicate it? Um, I'm good with Swift there. That's fine with me. All right. So now I, just, we... I think Swift is going to have a big boom next year. But we'll see. I'm, I'm with either one of these guys for sure. Oh, man. Fantasy Pros is making this too easy. Too easy. Are you serious? All right, guys. Listen to the name that I don't say here. This is who's gone since I took DeAndre Swift. Darren Waller, George Kittle, Matt Ryan, Kenny Galladay. Oh, wow. George Kittle was 
definitely somebody worth considering. I didn't even think about that. Um, uh-huh. George Kittle, Matt Ryan, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham, Joe Burrow, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Sam Darnold, J.K. Dobbins, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen. Guess what name I didn't say? Antonio Gibson. Yes, sir. Lock him in. Lock him in? All right. In. I like it. I like it. All right, just so you guys set, quarterback set. Yes. So just and so you guys receivers, know receivers grow on trees. Like Yeah, exactly. We have our alpha. We got our exactly. That's that's what I wanted. I just wanted the alpha. So just so you guys know what running backs are available right now who are taking Antonio Gibson over. Cam Akers, James Robinson. That's pretty much the only people I would even even think you could debate. Cam Akers, James Robinson, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson, Ronald Jones. At this point, I don't think it's really the only person I could see an argument for would be Cam Akers, but I prefer Gibson, mm-hmm. especially in a PPR league. Yeah, Cam Akers is very interesting. I really do like him, but I don't know. I feel like I, I just love the pass catching upside, like you said, of Gibson because he played receiver. Watch him play his his college highlight tape. This dude is one hell of a receiver. He just didn't do it yet in the NFL, but he's going to get there. He's going to be like a a 60-catch guy at some point throughout his career. He's going to be – Yeah, I think I think next year dude. he will be. Really? In the 60-catch range, McKissick, yeah. They can cut McKissick for free. Like, they save uh, $1.5 million, I believe. So, yeah. it's, it's going to be very interesting with uh, Gibson. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at um, – I believe I, I talked to you about this before. If you look at uh, Christian McCaffrey's jump in usage from year one to year two, he received mm-hmm. 120 – touch boost so he was in like the 220 ish and he went to 330 touches i believe in his second year we could see something not to that crazy of an extent for gibson but if he gets you know 40 50 more touches and the offense is a little bit better he'll be so much more efficient have more opportunities at scoring touchdowns and you know if he gets more receptions because they realize mckissick is just a guy and they just didn't want to put too much on a rookie's plate with gibson Mm -hmm. then he definitely has a huge uh, ceiling there. That's part of the reason I love him, and he's young, and he was a receiver, like what you said. So since we took Antonio Gibson, Tua, Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, Todd Gurley. Okay, this is so this is a fluke right here. The Todd Gurley, we could just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Because um, when, whenever you guys use, you know, like a system like Fantasy Pros or any draft simulators, there's always going to be some kinks that aren't worked out yet, especially this early in the season. So sometimes that happens, but most of the picks to this point haven't been egregious. Um, and then after Todd Gurley, which is egregious, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Baker Mayfield right before us. So looking at our team, we've got our two quarterbacks locked in. We've got our starting two running backs locked in, and we've got our alpha receiver. So when we're looking, I think uh, we can go any direction right now. And this is a two running back, three receiver league. So that's something to keep in mind. We do have to start more receivers. But like we've talked about, receivers grow on trees. So let me just say who I think some of the top names are. And then you tell me who you like the most out of these people. So we've got James Robinson. um, The other running backs being David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, that's pretty see that's pretty shallow I, th- I think that's probably about it and then wide receiver okay this is a fluke i'm not gonna take him just because that would be cheating justin jefferson's still on the board so <laughs> so we'll just pretend that he went where he should have gone all right and then so is cd lamb we'll pretend he went where he should have gone so we're not going to take either of those two people um because that's just cheating but some guys that definitely are here in this range and you know drafts that you guys have sent me in the dms and and stuff that is a, a realistic pick here. Tyler Boyd is available. Brandon Ayuk is available. DJ Chark is available. T. Higgins is available. And then when we're looking at tight ends, we've got TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard. Those are my three. Those are the three consensus ranked 
guys at the top for Fantasy Pros. That's also my top three available. Um, except I would go Hawkinson Goddard Fant, not Fant Goddard. But so, so I I feel pretty good about taking Hawkinson here. That's who I would like the most. Who, who do you like out of the names we have? And if there's anybody you're thinking uh, that I might have missed that you want to know if they're on the board, I'll let you know. Um, the player that I really like that I've been preaching the entire offseason, go get him, go get him, go get him, and his counterpart, Tyler Boyd, who you love. Um, I've just been preaching get one of those two receivers in Cincinnati. But I think T. Higgins is going to be a really good player in the NFL for a really, really long time. And I think he was only scratching the surface last year. I really, really like him. But also the way this draft has been going, it looks like wide receivers might slide a little bit more yeah, considering Justin Jefferson is still on the board. Um, I'm not opposed to taking TJ Hawkinson. I also agree. I think he's the best tight end on the board. I like either one of those three guys between uh, Hawkinson, Goddard, or Fant. I would put Fant ahead of Goddard just because Zach Ertz hasn't left Philadelphia yet. But once he does, I mean, Goddard could be that next like top three, yeah. top top one tight end. So I'm completely with taking TJ Hawkinson, though. Um, we pretty much lock in the only source of offense that the – Detroit Lions are going to have next exactly. year. So I'm cool with that. He If, if he doesn't see 100-plus targets, I will be shocked. Yeah, I completely agree. So that's cool. I think we should go Hawkinson then. Um, and I do just want to say, so even if like T. Higgins and whatnot, even if these guys are off the board, like people that might definitely drop to us, Tyler Boyd, um, and you know, you guys know the listeners and Gadiel, you guys both know uh, LaVisca Chanel is one of my dudes. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there when it gets back to us as well. I have no problem with him being our wide receiver too if we're stacked everywhere else. Um, so, and you know, there's so many good, good young receivers. Plus, if you're if you're in a draft that's not including the rookies, or even if you guys are like drafting the the draft spot in the rookie draft, you got to remember that the the wide receiver class is really deep. The running back class is not so deep. It's like mm-hmm. I haven't done my my research into them yet, but from everything that I've read and the, the some you know some things I have seen, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and it seems like you know, maybe Javante Williams are like the only like super, super good guys that everyone's excited about. And that's going to be nothing like the class that we just saw where we have six, not six guys that were looked highly coming into the draft, but six that are now looked at highly after a whole season has been played, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, this receiver class this year coming out could have eight, nine starters, just like the one that just ended. So You know, there's also going to be depth there in the rookie class. So I, I like waiting on receiver after we got that alpha locked in. So let's go ahead and take TJ Hawkinson. And by the way, this is a dynasty draft. So obviously it's not like a regular draft where you just take your one tight end and then you don't worry about it. We are going to be drafting more tight ends. And I think Those that... lottery ticket tight ends. Yes, and I think there's some really deal. good lottery ticket tight ends. Uh-huh, for sure. I'm a big fan of a lot of these uh, young tight ends, or maybe not last year's tight end class, but um, we'll talk about them a little bit later. I'm a big Irv Smith guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys that I like later. So after we took T.J. Hawkinson, finally this thing is uh, figuring things out a little bit. C.D. Lamb went off the board. Justin Jefferson still didn't. This has to be a glitch in Fantasy Pros. Hopefully they get that fixed. Um, honestly, I think T. T. Higgins. There's no way he's going to be available in the seventh round. I feel like that's just ridiculous if we take him. Like, yeah. Well, think- some people, my thing with T. Higgins is I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves because something just like unsexy about that Bengals offense. And for some reason, like no one loved T. Higgins going into the draft. No one was dying to get T. Higgins. But this dude has just been productive as hell since college. Like every single year, he's just making big plays. He's been a number one receiver. 
So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's a chance that he slides, but honestly, I feel like it might be a glitch in the system yeah. because that feels like stealing. As I well. think it is because there's 35 wide receivers off the board right now. And Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins are both still there. So I, I yeah. don't think that that's realistic. T. Higgins is, I'm sure he's a locked in top 24 minimum guy in every dynasty draft. Because um, okay. you're going to find at least one person out of 12 that thinks he's a top 20 receiver and wouldn't leave yeah. him there. So just to, to inform everyone on who's gone, since uh, we took, was it, it was T.J. Hawkinson that we took last, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So CeeDee Lamb, Cortland Sutton, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Matt Stafford, DJ Chark, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, dang it, Jarvis Landry, Zach Ertz, Melvin Gordon, and Tom Brady. Also, we do want to keep in mind that if there is a third quarterback that we think falls that shouldn't be there, I think it's definitely worth taking, um, either for a trade piece or just for fill-ins, week, weekly fill-ins, potential injury fill-ins, stuff like that. But looking at the top players available right now, let's look at um, wide receiver outside of Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. There's... Brandon Ayuk, Will Fuller, LaVisca Chenault. Um, are you a big Devontae Parker guy? I'm not really. No. I think he's he's decent, but he needs a quarterback that's going to sling the ball down the field and give him 50-50 balls. Like, he needs, like, a Matt Stafford. He or or a Ryan, Ta- uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, like, Fitz was perfect for him, so... Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Devontae Parker guy. All right, and he is actually getting older. Like, I, I think he's been like, you know, this guy that's we've always looked at as young still, but at this point he's, you know, been in the league for four or five years, so he's yeah. not even even uh, very young anymore. So what what receiver do you like most out of uh, Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca Chenault? You obviously know who I like the most. Chase Claypool, <laughs> um, Michael Pittman. Yeah, I think I think a uh, receiver is getting shallow enough where we do we do need to take our second one here. But let me just make sure that nobody crazy has fallen at the running back position. The best running back I see available is probably like an AJ Dillon or a Miles Gaskin. Um Yeah, so so what what are you feeling so far out of, out of the names you've heard? Um I think we go receiver here and you said the names available are like Brandon Ayuk, Clavisco Chenault, um Claypool. Those are pretty much like the top 3. Yeah. Um this is interesting. I think talent-wise, it's Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver of the bunch, personally. I know you probably like uh, LaVisca a little bit more, yeah. but I, I love uh, Ayuk as a talent. But his biggest games came without George Kittle and Debo Samuel, and that was kind of where that huge amounts of volume came later on in the year. So I'm a bit skeptical there. Um, I feel like it's, we're doing a lot of projecting with all three of these guys because Ayuk, we're just hoping he kind of sees that similar target share. LaVisca Chenault, um, we're just hoping Trevor Lawrence has him as his number one target, which is very, very possible because LaVisca Chenault's probably their best receiver. I'm kind of out on DJ Chark a little bit now. Um, and Chase Claypool, well, we don't know what the hell their quarterback situation is going to be. Is if Big Ben is the quarterback, I don't like. I think he's gonna lose value over the next season, and then maybe once they get a different quarterback, Chase Claypool can start to gain value again. Um, so it's really between Ayuk and Chenault for me. Um, that's tough. So I'll just I'll just elaborate on uh, where I have these guys. So Lavisca Chenault is my wide receiver, eighteen in dynasty, and mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk is twenty six. So if you want to go Ayuk, I don't think it's terrible. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe uh, LaVisca will come back. I do like LaVisca more, though, because I think the potential for volume is much higher. 
Yeah. Um, especially because Jacksonville's defense, even though I do think that he, uh, San Fran's defense is on the downturn, especially with Sala gone and a lot of their good players being older, I do think Jacksonville is so far behind on the defensive side of the ball that they're going to be passing the ball probably, you know, a hundred times more a season, which comes out to like doing some quick math, uh, like seven times more a game. So, you know, that's seven more possible pass attempts to LaVisca and, also, he is in a situation where he doesn't have nearly as much car- target competition as Ayuk does. So mm-hmm. that's why I and like LaVisca. Also, with tar- I, I guess I'm talking myself into LaVisca here, but um, the Jaguars most definitely are not going to be running the ball as much as the 49ers. The 49ers' offense is predicated on the, like, the ground and play action game. The Jaguars is going to be just sit back, let Trevor sling it across the yard, and see how far he can take us. I think it's going to be similar to what the Bengals did this past season, yes. where they're just going to throw, 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 because that's their best out. You have a franchise quarterback. Let's see what he can do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm fine with taking Chenault. I think his upside is just ridiculous, and he's going to be more consistent than a lot of these other guys because he plays the slot. He's a ridiculously creative after the catch, and he's probably going to be their number one receiver next year. So yeah, I'm, I'm in on drafting LaVisca Chenault there. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm cool with that. That's awesome. So we, we just took LaVisca. He's our wide receiver too. And man, looking at our team, our team is, I think, very set to compete. Um, and, you know, take it all the way next year. But also, it is extremely set for the future. Justin Herbert, rookie. DeAndre Swift, rookie. Antonio Gibson, rookie. A.J. Brown, third year. Well, second year this year. LaVisca Chenault, Rookie, TJ Hawkinson, third year. Deshaun Watson, still very young and a quarterback, so it's not even as important. So all of our guys are like young studs right now. And this is the type of team you could put together in in fantasy. And even if you don't win the first year, I mean, you're setting yourself up for success for so, like so many years. And this is definitely something you're able to do. I don't even think we purposely really did it because LaVisca, I think, is going to be very good next year. Kind of like he could put in like a Tyler Boyd type of season, you know, where he's a top 18 receiver just off volume. And, you know, hopefully they deploy him in the slot and give him some carries here and there and just let him be like a volume monster. So that's cool. We got LaVisca. Let's talk about some of the guys that have gone off, see if there's anything uh, very interesting to talk about. Since we've taken LaVisca Chenault, David Montgomery, finally Justin Jefferson and Jerry Judy went off. T. Higgins is still there. Ridiculous. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Locke. <laughs> Debo Samuel, Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake. So we've got Swift and Gibson, but I'm kind of going to get concerned pretty quickly about our running back depth. And Miles Gaskin is there. A.J. Dillon is there. So I think, you know, that's definitely worth looking at. Um, The other people that are there that I I think are, you know, at different positions that would be interesting to look at would be, let's see, what quarterbacks are available. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, no thank you and wide receiver yeah see he was yawn and he was bored at those quarterback names that's what the yawn was for that's pretty much what it was i mean when you say teddy bridgewater and kirk cousins in the same sentence i instantly want to fall asleep <laughs> but yeah no quarterback not the move right now um and then yeah the best the real, running backs available um so yeah i'll get there in a second real quick the best uh receivers um Devontae parker's still there michael gallup Jalen rager Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, that's interesting. Michael Hardman, James Jameson Crowder. If we want to start grabbing some guys, if we think our team is good enough to win this year, um, a T.Y. Hilton is there, but we actually don't even know who the quarterback will be. 
Are you a big Brian Edwards fan? I think this would be too high, and he's going to drop if you want to take him later. I'm not, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on him, because I know a lot yeah, of people I, liked I him. I liked him a lot. Like, when I would watch him on Saturdays, he just always stood out as someone that kind of reminded me of, like, a Des Bryant-type player. Like, just ridiculously physical, like, had all the tools to be an alpha. But um, it didn't happen year one. I think it could happen eventually, but you're paying... Like, right now, we'd be paying for the upside where it, we're not paying for the player that he currently is. So, I'm not really – I don't love any of these receiver names. Um, one guy – I don't know. Did he go yet, Brandon Cooks? Um, Yeah, he did. He went – okay. So, yeah, Brandon Cooks is, like, one name. Just looking at, like, the the Fantasy Pros rankings right now, um, I think Brandon Cooks would be a name that I like. Obviously, Watson will leave, but I just think Cooks is a really, really good player. He makes it work with any quarterback. Um. In terms of running backs, honestly, the guy that I'm looking at is A.J. Dillon. He hasn't gone yet, correct? Yeah, and actually, uh, Ronald Jones is on the board, too. Ooh, okay, that is definitely a conversation to be had. Um, you know I love Rojo. Yep, Rojo has I been do my too. guy since the offseason. Um, I like him a lot, but I just don't know how committed Bruce Arians will ever be to Rojo. Whereas I think the Packers are going to commit to A.J. Dillon this next season, and he's going to be like a 15-plus touch guy. But I think Rojo is a far superior runner, far superior player. So this is interesting because it's pretty much like talent versus situation. Yeah. A.J. Dillon's in a great situation. Rojo is a far better player. <sighs> I will add something to this this conversation. I think this is also a pivoting point in Dynasty drafts where you have to decide. Are you going to win this year, or are you just trying to build for the future? Because A.J. Dillon is younger. He's also, you know, has many years to go in Green Bay. Ronald Jones, I don't think there's any way that A.J. Dillon outscores him next year. But after next year, Ronald Jones is a free agent. And knowing my own team's cap situation, we probably aren't going to be able to pay him unless, you know, he, like, unless all the running back spots around the league are filled and he just has to take uh, a very small contract but Ronald Jones is very possible he's not starting anywhere after next year but I do think next year he could definitely help us win it all as our flex after uh you know behind Swift and Gibson and as our RB2 on bye weeks and stuff so it's kind of yeah. like I think we just have to make a decision whether we want a young guy who could possibly be good for a while but is definitely the better option next year or but has you know much more risk moving forward or AJ Dillon who's probably safer but honestly, we didn't even talk about the fact that what if Aaron Jones stays, you know? So it's very I just don't see I, – I don't see how the Packers – like it, it really sucks because in the grand scheme of things, Aaron Jones is the best running back for their team. But you made your choice on Aaron Jones' contract when you decided to take A.J. Dillon in the second round. Because That's if true. you draft A.J. Dillon in the second round when they're – I mean, you could have grabbed So many anybody. things. Yeah. Like literally anybody else. Like something for the defense – Something else for the offensive line. People talk about receiver, but the receivers that were there weren't fantastic at the end of the second round. But you could have gotten a productive player for this season. And obviously, A.J. Dillon, I think he had like 30 yards last game. Um, I just I don't think there's a way in which they keep Aaron Jones unless he signs for like the very, very minimum. But there is the chance that that happens. Um, I do think regardless... I think Rojo is going to be the starting running back in Tampa Bay, and James White is going to be the third down back in Tampa Bay next year. I like it. I think we can go Rojo here just because I think he's better. I think he's way better at football than A.J. Dillon. And at the end of the day, I want the best football player on my team because A.J. Dillon, we can only do so much projecting as to how much better he's going to get. Rojo, we know he's good. The only problem is his his head coach does not like him. 
But at the end, like, you cannot overlook how good Rojo is. He's been fantastic this year, and he's been an X-factor for that offense. So I will go Rojo here. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll take Rojo. And I actually think I think Bruce Arians has come around. I, I don't think he looks at Rojo in the same way he did. I think the biggest thing that's been holding Rojo back in the past few weeks is his, uh, his injury on his quads. I think that's the only reason we've been seeing a lot of Fournette. And honestly, I mean... If, you, if you've been watching, like, Leonard Fournette drop so many balls, I think if Rojo was healthy, even if Arians hated him, Rojo would have been playing more. So I think that's probably the biggest factor. So since we've taken, I will just say, just I'm going to throw it out there, Miles Gaskin is still on the board, and A.J. Dillon are both still on the board um, if you want to grab a fourth running back. But right now we only have two receivers. Since we took Ronald Jones, there was a huge run on running back. It went, um, it was... Yeah, it was Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Marlon Mack, David Johnson, and then some receivers, Michael Gallup, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk. So out of the last, what is that, 12 picks, only four were not running backs. So eight of the last 12 were running backs. And I don't like a single one of those running backs that were picked either. Yeah, I I think the only only, ones you can argue for would probably be Leonard Fournette, and the argument would be, you know, if he signs somewhere else, because there's mm-hmm. a, a few open spots. And then Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, just because they're young, but I'm not a fan of either. Mm-hmm. I think those are probably the only ones. You could make an argument for James Conner. Kind of. Nah, not really. Because he's know. a free agent, too. Yeah, and, like, that's the only reason. There's just so many good running backs coming up. Like, I don't want one of these running backs that I'm just hoping they land a starting job. I want one of the guys that is getting drafted to take a starting job. But obviously, we can't talk about rookies right now. Um, there's one name that hasn't come up. Uh, who are the receivers that are currently available? So, we're definitely seeing a problem with the the rookies in terms of this uh, this algorithm because Ayuk is still on the board, Claypool's still on the board. We're in the what ninth round? Wow. Yeah. So that's I, I'm a hundred percent confident those guys are gone by like the sixth, seventh round. So. Yeah. We can't really take them. That would just be cheating the listeners and cheating ourselves. So let's leave the rookies alone at this point. Um, So outside of them, the guys on the board are Will Fuller. I actually like Fuller. Um, Will Fuller. Yeah, especially as a free agent. And he should Uh follow Deshaun Watson. That would be awesome. We've got Will Fuller, Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis. That's another interesting one. Um, Darius Slayton, Jameson Crowder. Preston Williams. Who are who are the you know your favorites out of those names that you've heard so far? Um, not a name that you mentioned because I think Fuller and like Mike Williams or and Corey Davis are a little bit ahead of him. But one player that I really really like both this upcoming year and in the future is Denzel Mims. I'm a really big Denzel Mims guy. I think once they figure out the quarterback position in uh, New York, it is going to work wonders for Denzel Mims. I think he can be really, really good. He's, he's someone that maybe like two rounds from now, given the way that rookies are going, I would like to take Denzel Mims. Just throwing that out there. But okay. right now, I think you have to go Will Fuller. Um, there's a lot of questions with him because of, I mean, he took PEDs. How good will he be without PEDs? Can is that what helped him stay healthy? But at the end of the day, like all these outside factors, I don't know enough about. What I do know is that Will Fuller, as a receiver this past season, was fantastic. He was a really good receiver, and if you can get a really good receiver this late, and he's only going into his second contract, um, going into, I believe, year three after an ACL injury, so he's going to be, like, his soft tissue injury should start to calm down a little bit. Um, I like Will Fuller as a player. I think Will Fuller is a player here. I'll okay. take him over Mike Williams just because I think Fuller's better. So would you take Fuller over, the, the question here is, would you take Fuller over Gaskin or Dylan? 
That's I tough. Those two were but still if available. we do if we do take one of those running backs and we're still leaving our starting wide receiver slot, our third wide receiver open, and also like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll go it, Fuller. Yeah, still Fuller. All right. Yeah. So we'll take Fuller. But I just want to go back and uh, you know, reiterate how important quarterback is. Right. These are the best quarterbacks that are available right now. The only starting quarterbacks available are Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. So, I mean, if you wanted to wait in a dynasty super flex and like try and stack your roster and grab some quarterbacks late, it's possible. But, you know, usually out after like round eight, round nine, all those starting quarterbacks are gone. And I just want us to uh, make sure we're, we're eyeing some sleepers so that we can get a, a good third quarterback because I love our two, but I would like to have a third one on the roster. And some sleeper guys that, you know, we might want to look at in the next couple rounds, I think are, let's see, uh, Jameis Winston, Jordan Love. Jeez, it's it's pretty rough. James Winston, Jordan Love. I don't know how you feel about Jacob Eason. I'm not a big fan. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty shallow. So, I mean, unless we want to grab like or Taysom Hill, that's pretty much. And Trubisky, those are pretty much the only guys that have like starting jobs left that will be around probably after this round. So, you know, let's just keep an eye on them. But let's go ahead and take Will Fuller. See what running backs make it back and what quarterbacks make it back. Because I, I think the tight ends, both our headspace is in the same, or we're in the same headspace on tight end. I think we both have guys we like really late, so we don't have to look at that position for a little bit. So I'm looking for Will Fuller right now. Where did he go? There he is. All right. Just drafted Will Fuller. So we have our starting lineup filled out. It's Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson, quarterbacks. This is a 12-team league. DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, then A.J. Brown, LaVisca Chenault, Will Fuller, TJ Hawkinson with Ronald Jones as our third running back on the bench. And now looking at the draft board, after we took Will Fuller, let's see what quarterbacks went and what running backs went. Um, so actually, those running backs are still there. But, man, that's weird, man. I, I don't see, because now we're in round 10, I don't see Gaskin falling that far. But, you know, it's possibly realistic. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, let me see on the list how high he is because you know fantasy pros has their ecr like rankings which is going to be you know their their rankings don't have any glitches like just justin jefferson shows as like their fourth best receiver in their rankings and he's you know still on the board or something so or no he was taken but he showed as the fourth receiver so their rankings are accurate it's just the draft board itself when it's when it starts drafting it leaves leaves people so i'm going to see how many yeah, running backs he's at taken. 122 on their ecr gaskin Yes. 122 and divide by so, 12. So that's right where we're at exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. AJ so, Dillon is the one who slid a little bit, but he's only at 111. So okay. this is honestly quite realistic based upon the ECR. All right. Personally, between, if you're choosing between the two, I'm taking AJ Dillon. I just think, I think Gaskin is solid, but I don't see a, an over, I don't see a reason why the Dolphins would be completely committed to him for the future not that they're probably targeting running back but if they have a chance to draft like Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams in like the later part of round two with one of their second picks in that draft um or in that round then I believe they will take a running back and Gaskin can just be a depth player because he's a really really good backup running back but I don't know if they want to be if if they want him or if they want like a game-changing talent at running back, which is probably what they'll end up targeting. Um, so I'll take Dylan over him. But who else would be available? I mean, what position are you really trying to target here? So really, I, I do want to just either get another receiver or running back. I'm comfortable waiting on quarterback and tight end, especially tight end, because um, we'll talk about it. There's a lot of late tight ends that are young that I feel like I've been forgotten about. Um, Absolutely. 
And so, yeah, we'll we'll address that position. But so I'll, I'll let you make that pick. We'll take AJ Dillon over Miles Gaskin. Um, and it's I, I think the uh, the risk is higher for Gaskin because I think it's probably more likely he gets replaced than Aaron Jones stays. So yeah. I, I drafted uh, AJ Dillon there. So now we've got four good running backs, all pretty young. So I feel pretty good about our running back position moving forward. Miles Gaskin is still there, but that's only a round later from the ECR. So something to consider there. I don't think that's cheating the system if we take him. Because, um, you know, I, I'm trying to put forth the most realistic, like a realistic draft for the listeners and yeah. not just be like, oh, Justin Jefferson slid to the eighth round. Let's take him. Look how good our team is. <laughs> like, that's just stupid. So, so I'm going to make sure I'm not, you know, cheating anyone out on the information, on the content. But uh, let's see. Receivers, best receivers avail- available. Jamison Crowder, Marvin Jones. So right now we've got three receivers. I think it's definitely something we want to start looking at. Um, and if not, like if we don't end up with like a whole bunch of receivers that we like, this would be the position that we pound in the rookie draft. But let's see. Nelson Aguilar, Brashad Perriman. How do you feel about Perriman? Do you think like if he resigns in New York, he could be a sleeper? I kind of like him as a sleeper. I think it's Mims. I think Mims is their guy. I, yeah. I really liked what I saw from him this past season. I, I definitely agree that Mims is going to be their one. I'm just curious if you think that they're going to throw enough to, to make Perriman. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, because they signed Mike LaFleur as their offensive coordinator, I think they'll, they'll, they'll run a little bit more yeah. than before, but it won't be like a San Francisco or Baltimore where they'll probably just run as much as they throw. I think it'll be like a 55-45 uh, pass-to-run split. Um, but yeah, I, I just like Mims. Of all the Jets players, I like Mims the most. I think he is the most upside to kind of what T. Higgins was this past season. Okay. And you would take Mims over uh, Crowder, correct? Yes. Okay. So we you want to just go ahead and make that pick and take, oh, so Mims or, or uh, Gaskin. But I, we have four running backs, so I think we should probably get our, our receiver here. Yeah, I'll go Mims there. I just think his upside with, I mean, it depends how you feel about Justin Fields. I personally have like locked in the fact that they're taking Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. So I think Fields will really, really help Mims in the long run. Yeah, I I uh, agree that they are going to be taking Justin Fields or maybe Zach Wilson for some reason, but I do <laughs> think they're taking a, a quarterback because it's yeah. very interesting. I heard a point by uh, – he's not a fantasy guy, but I heard a point that John Middlecoff, uh, John Middlecoff excuse me, made, and I think it's very important. And it's very easy for coaches to have coach speak, right, to say, oh, this guy is our starter, yada, yada, um, kind of like – Arizona in the offseason about Josh Rosen before they took Kyler it's yeah. very easy to say you know whatever you want and then not follow through with it so it's not important not that important to look at what's being said um, unless you know it's like somebody that usually goes through with what they say basically the opposite of Pete Carroll and <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna that is like the one like he hypes up everybody no matter yeah. if it's undrafted free agent or the first round pick he thinks everyone is going to be a superstar, and then it's really just Russell Wilson. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not that important to look at what's said, but what Middlecoff did say is he thinks it's very important to look at what is not said. And what has not been said is Sala has not done the coach speak of Sam Darnold is our quarterback. He has not, like, fully committed to Sam Darnold. And if he's not even doing the, like, you know, the regular average coach speak that happens about starting quarterbacks. If he's not doing that, he probably isn't convinced and he probably just doesn't want to lie. And so I I think it's very possible and they're most likely taking a quarterback. So I I agree with that point. And since we took Denzel Mims, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk. So obviously I was ignoring Ayuk (laughs) too. Yeah, yeah. I was ignoring him because that's not realistic. Tariq Cohen, Austin Hooper, 
Sonny Michelle, Mitchell Trubisky, Naheem Hines, Hunter Henry, Darius Slayton. Um, just to address some of the, the tight ends, because we haven't really talked about them, that have gone. Noah Fant in the ninth round, that was, I think, a really good pick. Dallas Goddard, I think, was a better pick in the 10th round. Austin Hooper in 11th round. I mean, with the tight ends on the board, everyone at that point is, is a long shot. But it just shows you, like, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry in the 12th round. You can definitely wait on, on tight end now. Um, it yeah. def- it does not take away. Do not hear what I'm, I'm not saying. It does not take away uh, from the fact that Travis Kelsey is the cheat sheet or the the absolute like game breaker in fantasy he gives you the most points per week advantage of any position um i actually i don't know if you've ever looked into that stuff gadiel but over the off season the last like two off seasons i've created something i call vorp value over replacement player it's very similar to um something that fantasy pros does i always forget what it's what it's called i think it starts with a v2 um it's like something value it's like ev or, or something like that but I actually haven't heard anyone talk about it in a while, but I I make something called VORP, and I basically take the average points per game of all the players, right, and I compare them to their average opponent. So, like, Travis Kelsey is obviously in your tight end slot, so I took his points per game, and I um, averaged all the remaining top 12 tight ends, right, so the other 11, and if you take their average and compare it to Travis Kelsey's average, Travis Kelsey averages on a weekly basis more than five points per game over the average opponent tight end and then the next highest mark was christian mccaffrey two years ago so in his insane like 29 points per game season his uh his value over replacement player was like four and a half and that was the closest it got to kelsey so kelsey is you know the absolute especially in redraft i'm completely fine taking a first round pick remember this is dynasty that's the only reason it seemed like i may have been trashing him earlier that's only because he's going to be 32 in the next season so i don't know how much he has um, and on the, the Dynasty Tight End podcast episode that just released uh, the last episode, I was talking about, and I want your opinion here, how Kelsey could be, you know, another two, three-year guy, or he could be one year. And that's why I don't really want to touch him right now in Dynasty unless he falls really far. I would rather take Kittle. I'd rather take Waller. And depending on my team structure, I might take Hawkinson, but I have Kelsey as my third um, right now. How how long do you think Kelsey has in the league, and, and would you be surprised if he goes for another three years, and would you be surprised if he, you know, if next year is his last good year and then he hits a cliff? Um, I don't think I don't think he'll fall off very much, honestly. I think he has like three to four years left of being like maybe not the tight end one overall. I think Kittle and Waller and Hawkinson and all those other guys will start to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Like it won't be like a five to six point gap. But I, I do believe he, he will continue to age well because when you watch him play, he's really his game is not predicated on athleticism. Agreed. Like it's just such subtle movements. He's so smart with the way he moves. And the biggest thing is he has that chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, where if you have a chemistry with a player that good, it's just like how do you stop them? It's it's literally unbelievable. And he also is very physical after the catch. But I mean, right now he's not moving very fast. Like he is not burning people he's very quick though he still knows how to sink his hips and change directions stop and start very quickly but i still think he has like three to four years left of being a top dog at tight end before uh then he really starts to ride off into the sunset but he's got i think they signed him to like a four-year three-year extension insane i actually that's what i just pulled up while you were talking which is by the way something i love about having somebody on the podcast with me is like if there's something i didn't think about i can actually look it up while uh, the other person <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. discusses something but um yeah so i was looking at it he was signed to a four-year deal he signed through 2025 
So he's he's not a free agent until 2026. But if you look at his dead cap, um, I don't know if if Spot Track is like if there's something wrong with it or what. But their dead cap is showing as nothing. I think it looks like they can cut him completely. Like they can just cut him whenever they want and not have to pay him at all. That's wow. what it that that what it looks like the the structure of the contract. But honestly, that makes sense. I mean, they signed him through age 36. Like that's yeah. pretty crazy. And if you look at the salary. Right, so next year, or after next year, he for twenty twenty two he signed for because it was a contract extension, so he didn't actually start this contract yet. He's finishing the last uh, season of his contract, his previous contract right now. So he is a salary cap hit of six million and a half on the first year. Then it goes up to twelve and a half. Then fourteen. Then sixteen when he's thirty six. So he's definitely not going to make it to the end of that contract. There's no way they're going to have a sixteen and a half million dollar guy who's thirty six. But yeah, I think. But uh, he definitely could the, have another three years or something. Yeah, looking at the contract, I don't think it's like he's going to get cut. I think what they did set it up, which is actually genius GMing uh, on their part, is they can restructure this. Con- this is one contract that they can restructure. Uh, pretty much every single year to create cap room if necessary to sign draft picks, maybe trade for a player, sign a free agent, uh, extend other guys. And that is actually like looking at this, I'd never seen this. Brett Veach is literally a genius for doing a contract like this because like you said, zero dead cap means you can just play with this contract all you want. And Travis Kelsey, he loves Kansas City. He's pretty much been the heart and soul of that team for quite a while. Um, you can expect him to retire as a chief. So I think 100%. he'll play out his contract, but it'll just be that he'll keep restructuring and restructuring, and then they'll let him walk away when he wants to walk away, which I think will be around that 35, 36-ish range. And he'll go down as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Like, he's yeah. he's really freaking good. So, yeah, I love I love Travis Kelsey for the next two to three years, really. And then once that 30 years over is when I really think I would just completely avoid him because I'm not going to put any investment and I try to get whatever asset I can for a 35 year old tight end, but he's still aging gracefully. So that's all you can really ask for until I see a drop off. I won't worry too much about it. And he hasn't lost a single step this year. So golden question, how many years do you think Kelsey produces without seeing like a, a visible stock drop in, uh, in terms of his production? Um, what I would rely on if I had him in dynasty, I would wait two more years before trying to sell him. Okay. So, I think that's a fair number. That's what I what I rolled with too when I was uh like giving my guess on Kelsey was mm-hmm. two seasons left. So that's cool. And we will continue this. Now we're about to get into our our heavy bench spot. We're three spots into our bench right now. We've got you know we'll probably go a couple more picks, and uh, we will do that right after this. What's up, divers? Do you enjoy a good workout like me? Do you grind in the gym trying to get built? If so, then you probably know working out is only half the battle with the other half being nutrition. Well, luckily, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get protein bars, 100% daily vitamin packs that mix into your water. I use that all the time. Tastes great. You can get caffeine and protein mixed into one as a pre-workout gel pack. And all of these things help you turn your hard work in the gym into visible results. I use these products myself and they are great. And I also have a promo code that helps both of us save 10% off with Deep Dive. That's Deep Dive to save 10% off at BuiltBar.com and on any of their products. And my favorite energy protein pack flavor, 
By the way, if you want to go that route, is the peanut butter honey. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, take a second to pause the podcast right here. That's right. Pause it right here and drop me a rating or review. And if you're feeling super generous, you can choose to support the podcast monthly through the link on the episode page or found in the website podcast section. With that being said, as you know, let's get back to the content. All right, guys, welcome back. So we are now on the clock in the 12th round. So now we're getting into that sleeper territory. And I know I've got some sleepers that I'm excited to talk about. I'm sure you do too. So let's look at the uh, draft board right here. Just a recap. So we've got four running backs right now, four receivers, so dead even. Then we've got our starting tight end and our starting quarterbacks, but no depth there at that position yet. And looking at the available players, if we're going to quarterback, because I do think it's important to get a third quarterback, we have Taysom Hill, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Those are probably the four best. I don't think anybody else is anywhere close. Um, if you're going you know, with a win-now approach... You could take Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe it's possible that with all the quarterback openings, because there's a lot, there is a lot that he, you know, ends up starting somewhere for one year because um, it seems like he always finds his way into a starting lineup somehow. <laughs> um, so there's that at quarterback. And then looking at the tight ends, because I, I really do want to get like I, my preference when we do dynasty drafts and any of my dynasty drafts, if I don't get Kittle or Kelsey, or Waller now Waller is only you know just now in a recent addition is to always get three tight ends and if I get like one of the top two or three then I, I need at least two um, but I wouldn't be upset if I don't get a third so right now the best tight ends on the board are wow I can't believe he's on the board Jonu Smith right now Mike wow. Gesicki yeah Mike Gesicki Irv Smith Hayden Hurst Tyler Higby uh, Gerald Everett is a free agent Robert Tanyan O.J. Howard, Blake Jarwin, David Njoku, who's also, I think, a free agent. Chris Herndon. That's the dude that I want to be our last pick. Like Chris Herndon? Yes. I respect that. He's so athletic. He, he had a rough start to the season, but he really started to turn it on at the end. Yeah, and, and think about the Shanahan, all the Shanahan stuff. They always use tight end. Yeah, when that's he, what I wanted to get to. Yeah, they always use tight end. So I think Herndon would be... And I don't see them like drafting like Pitts. Like, no. So... I don't think that Herndon is, is going to be in a situation where he's not getting good volume next year. So I think he's one of the best, absolute best sleepers. And he's a great late-round pick. I actually think O.J. Howard is also one of those guys. But there's a lot. Blake Jarwin is is one, too. I mean, we saw how good he was. And even Dalton Schultz was good, despite there being so many good receivers there. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of tight ends I think we can uh, touch later. But if you want to get like a Gesicki, I'm not a big fan. A Jonu Smith, Irv Smith, I know you like him. Hayden Hurst, one of these guys now. And then have our third tight end as like our last pick. I'm completely down with that. My favorite is Jonu Smith, but I'm curious if you like Irv Smith better than him. Um, I think it's interesting because Jonu Smith is just going to be so landing spot dependent, but he could show up in a place. And I think he has like ridiculous upside at the tight end position because he's so athletic. Yes. He's just so explosive after the catch. Um, I prefer Jonu to Irv Smith in Dynasty. Like I okay. own Irv Perfect. Smith right now. If you offered me Jonu Smith for Irv Smith straight up, I would call you crazy, and I would take Jonu Smith. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. But um, I actually am very intrigued in two players, specifically in the quarterback position, both Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Yep. Um, Taysom Hill, I mean, you saw what he did as a starting quarterback this year. Was he very good football-wise? No, he was not fantastic, but fantasy-wise – this dude can be pretty freaking good, assuming that Drew Brees is gone and they're going to bring in 
a quarterback to start next year. If they draft a quarterback, I think he waits a year and they use Taysom Hill. If not, it was just a horrible contract to sign him to. So I actually like Taysom Hill here just because okay. Taysom Hill is the type of guy where let's say he plays well and then you have the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, which, I mean, that's got to be worth something good in a super flex league, right? Like, if you have a chance to get a Sean Payton quarterback, I know it's been Drew Brees for the last few years, but the system was what I really, really think uh, is strong right now. Like, Drew Brees, don't get me wrong, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one hell of a legend in his own right. I loved watching him play his entire career. But over the last few seasons, maybe like the last two, I'll say, it's been a lot of get it to Kamara, get it to Michael Thomas, like use the other people in the system to get the ball up and down the field. So if you get an athletic quarterback that can run the ball in an efficient offense like the Saints, um, I don't know. I think Taysom Hill could really be a difference maker in fantasy if that's the case. Yeah. So I think but, the question the question here is like how – so you believe in the chance – because I, I don't – personally, I don't believe that there's any way that Taysom Hill is the starter after next year. Like I don't see him being like a more than a like Rene, like Rena player for a year. Yeah. Um, do you believe that he is? Because, I mean, like, with the way he played, like, I know people are like, oh, I mean, the Saints were winning games and stuff. But yeah, no, it wasn't I think it was him all, winning the games. Yeah, I think it was very also scheme-heavy, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Payton was just in his pocket, and he was just able to be an incredible play caller. But that's not sustainable with a quarterback like that over a long period of time if, if they're not able to pass the ball very well. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Like, I I would personally, but I'm, I'm going to let you make this pick. But just giving my input is uh, I, I think Johnny Smith would be better because he's young, he has potential, and whether he stays in Tennessee, I don't think there's any way him and Corey, Corey Davis are both back. So yeah. if Johnny stays, right, and Corey da- then Corey Davis is probably gone, so he sees a target boost. Also, like what I was saying with A.J. Brown, if Derrick Henry starts to slow down at all, that offense is not going to be able to run the ball 30 times a game, and they're going to have to pass more. So that's also another potential route to getting a boost in volume for Johnny Smith. And then if he goes somewhere else, Tennessee's not going to like let him walk away for nothing. So that means he's getting paid probably eight to 10 million to go somewhere else, which means he's probably going to get a lot of work there. So I feel like, you know, it's basically, do we want a quarterback for the possible like fill in weeks and stuff for Herbert and Watson and whatnot, just to make sure that we have him in a team that I think looks like ready to compete this year, or do we want to secure a very good tight end room? Yeah, it's interesting because I I actually like Jonu more if he leaves Tennessee. I think there's more potential for him if he leaves. Like, put him in an offense like Arizona. I think Arizona is a good place for him to land where you just need someone that can work over the middle and threaten you deep and also create after the catch. I love Arizona for Jonu Smith. Um, And... Taysom Hill, it's interesting because, yes, I do think he's a one-year rental. I don't think he's a fantastic quarterback. I don't think he should be the Saints franchise quarterback. But at the same time, Sean Payton has an unrelenting love for Taysom Hill. Like, he just gets him on the field whenever possible. So I just think there's a chance that if Taysom Hill shows any flashes of being good, which is honestly highly unlikely, I don't think it will be great. But if he shows flashes of that, there's a chance that Sean Payton will say, oh, we can get our franchise quarterback here. I can make this work because he just loves putting him on the field. So there is that chance. Um, I mean, you're really splitting hairs here. I think both of these guys are pretty equal. Um, long-term, I'll say Jonu Smith is probably the safer play here, and he also has ridiculous upside. I don't know. I've just been a Jonu fan since the minute he got in the NFL. Like, this dude is an absolute tank, 
and I don't want to see him in Tennessee again, although I think it is possible that he resigns, but I, I agree with you. I don't think Davis and Smith resign. I think they should pick Davis just because they have Anthony Ferksker there, who honestly is a pretty decent tight end in his own right. Um, this is tough because I do like that idea of getting that like secure second tight end. So I'll go, I'll go with Janu, and then I feel like we can get like a like a Jameis or something. Be like two rounds later. All right, cool. So then the, let's lock in Janu. See what happens. See who goes off the board. Cam, Taysom. Oh, the pick before us. Oof. The, that's uh, tough. Fantasy Pros is listening, bro. <laughs> they're, they're listening. <laughs> That's funny. He literally went the pick before us at 13.06 or at 13.07. So the other guys, uh, I'm not going to go through like everyone that was taken, just some notable names, I think. That might have been like some decent picks. Uh, actually, wow. <laughs> I don't really think there's any decent picks. I guess uh, Paris Campbell's good. That's a good pick. I like I like Campbell. Yeah, Campbell's a good pick. Uh, Sterling Shepard. And then James White, I guess, if you're like trying to go zero RB or something, which is never advised by deep dive over here, but some <laughs> people like to, some people like to try that. Um, so James White, I think Paris Campbell and Sterling Shepard are pretty much the only notable picks. And then obviously Taysom Hill. So if you want to go to grab a quarterback, the best quarterbacks, James is obviously still there. There's also Derek Carr for some reason, I guess everyone's really bought into the fact that he's not going to be a starter for long, which I don't really understand. Um, he's he's alright, but he's nothing special. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's it's Jameis, it's um, Derek Carr, and then Jordan Love, who's there as well. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. I think Nick uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dwayne Haskins. So who, you you like Jameis the most out of those guys, or or do you like Carr? Um, better? Yeah, of the quarterbacks, I like Jameis. I mean. Honestly, Derek Carr, I'm fine with taking Derek Carr just because he's he's like a you can plug him in, he's like a solid yeah. sixteen to eighteen points. Um but I just I don't know. I, I something just rubs me the wrong way about having Derek Carr fantasy. <laughs> um but one guy that I'm looking at, I mean I'm looking at another tight end here. This one kind of flies under the radar. I really liked him coming out of college. I wanted the Patriots to draft him. The Patriots did not draft him, and the Saints actually drafted him. I like Adam Troutman a lot, and if you look at Jared Cook's contract, it's up. He's gone. Mm -hmm. So Adam Troutman is going to be Sean Payton's starting tight end, and in hindsight, that doesn't sound like it's amazing, but I think they're going to have a lack of like a number two option or number three option outside of Kamara and Thomas. I think that's forever going to be a problem for them. Um, I like the idea of taking Adam Troutman, maybe with the last pick in the draft. Yeah. Again, not don't have to take him now. I think it's a little bit too early for that. Um, I think Jameis is honestly a good play here okay. um, because there is a chance that, one, he stays with the Saints, and he could be the Saints franchise quarterback, or he goes somewhere like uh, New England or somewhere else like that. Yeah, and he actually I think he's going to go somewhere else because it wouldn't make sense for them. It wouldn't make sense for Winston to stay if he's yeah. not going to be the starter. It wouldn't make sense for them to pay him to be the starter because Taysom's making $17 million and they're – 80 million over the cap so i don't think he's gonna be in new orleans so i i'll we'll go Jameis. especially you you gave me what i wanted with Janu for sure so let's grab Jameis, yeah. and then we'll see what what unfolds after that let's see then some notable picks since we took Jameis. man this is being really slow today um mike gasicki irv smith jameson crowder alan lazard 
um, and Sammy Watkins. I think that's pretty. And Derek Carr went too. So that's pretty much it. So now we're back on the clock. I think uh, Adam Troutman, Chris Hernan are guys that we're looking at as like our last picks. I think we need to start filling out the receiver depth for sure. There's a lot. Yeah, of, I was gonna say, there's a lot of guys that I like here. though a lot. Um, and they're all rookies, but they're not rookies that have been like falling because the draft simulator is, you know, off. It's it's people that are actually here in this range, and that includes my boy Tyler Johnson, my boy Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, we also got who else is down here? Auden Tate, Scotty Miller, Colin Johnson. Um, any of those names, and if multiple of them stick out to you, who do you like the most? Is Darnell Mooney by any chance still available? Let's. That's very important. That's a good point. Let's check. Um, I'm sure he is, because he. Yeah, he's a rookie, and like the rookies have been sliding. But I want to see where he's ranked too. Yeah, he is available. Okay, I think Darnell. You said Paris Campbell went off the board. Those are the two guys that I was looking at. Yeah. Um, I think I think Darnell Mooney should be the pick. I mean, I'll let you comment on it, but I just I think Darnell Mooney is the next Deontay Johnson in terms of someone that is just a. A, a complete route runner that can run any route on the route tree and also just a very explosive player with the ball in his hands. I think Donald Mooney is that guy. I think he's going to be one of the rookies that had a not fantastic uh, rookie season that really comes out and has a, like a, not a borderline Pro Bowl, but a really, really good season next year. I think he can be that guy. So I love Donald Mooney. Um, but I'll let you comment on I'll get your uh, opinion I, on I actually like here. it a lot. I like it a lot because Tyler Johnson and Donovan Peoples-Jones, their route to opportunity is much more hindered than Darnell Mooney's mm-hmm. is, especially with Allen Robinson. I would say probably 98% chance he leaves. The only way that I don't think he would leave is if they got Watson, which I don't think is going to happen. So I'm sure Allen Robinson will be gone. And then Mooney's the number one, even if they draft someone, which I'm sure they will. He's the number two. So he's got a great opportunity. Tyler Johnson is, you know, with Mike Evans, with Scotty Miller, with Chris Godwin. Maybe AB comes back. Probably not. Um, So he is somebody I love. And for long term, he's a super stash, a very good buy low. Um, But I agree. Let's take Darnell Mooney. And then would you say uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones or Tyler Johnson could be the pick on the way back? Um, I'll take Tyler Johnson. I just think he's a better football player. Um, and I mean, he's just someone that in terms of playing for Bruce Arians, like if for some reason, Chris Godwin does not stay, if Tyler Johnson gets that like slot kind of safety blanket role, he's yeah. going to be one of the best he's values. Showed, yeah. He showed how good he is too. Like I've play. been saying he's, he's, he's great. Yeah, he is. And he's got good hands. Clutch, good after clutch the catch. playoff catches. Yeah, he's making big plays. Like, he's earning himself a role next season to some capacity. So we'll end up seeing what happens. But um, just throwing some stats out there, obviously I'm comparing Darnell Mooney to Deontay Johnson. Um, Deontay Johnson, 5'10", 183 pounds. Darnell Mooney, 5'10", 176 pounds. So a little bit skinnier, but also runs a faster 40 time, whatever that's worth. I don't care too much about 40 times, honestly. Um, But Deontay Johnson's rookie season, 92 targets, 59 receptions, 680 yards, five touchdowns. Darnell Mooney's rookie season, 98 targets, 61 receptions, 631 yards, four touchdowns. So very similar starts to their careers where people aren't sure exactly how good they're going to be able to be. And then I don't think Darnell Mooney's going to see 140 targets like Deontay Johnson just saw. But you give this guy 110 targets, maybe 120, and give him uh, 
just a bunch of spakes to work with on the outside, I think Donald Mooney can have a big, big boom. That is like one of my guys. Anytime I get a chance to talk in front of a microphone, I try to mention Donald Mooney because I just <laughs> I'm so high on him. It is one of those players that I just think really I'm so confident that he will hit next year. Yeah, so I like I Donald like Mooney it. a lot. I really do. I do just too. Had to rant about that a little bit. I do too. So. Uh, are you pretty much down until we take our third tight end at the end with just slamming receiver? Um, yeah, unless like what running backs are left. Are there any yeah, running I'll backs that have a up. chance? I'll pull it up. Let's see. Um, just give me a second. It's pretty slow right now. So the best running backs, I would say. So remember, we have four right now, just so the listeners get an update. Oh, I see one. A, a glaring one that we need. And by the way, guys, I know it's like it seems sometimes like I'm missing stuff. It's just because, you know, we're doing this like live we're trying to not take a while but when you're doing dynasty drafts it's usually like eight hour clock stuff like that so you have plenty of time to strategize um and you also have time like between picks when other people are picking ours auto pick comes right back to us so um just wanted to mention that but gus edwards Ooh. you want to take him those receivers are definitely going to drop yeah those receivers will drop for sure um one name that i want to also know how you feel about this player how do you feel about Chad penny um, I, he, he can't stay healthy. I don't like it. You don't think he can stay healthy? I'm, I'm no. fine with that. I understand that. Like he's, yeah. he's had so many problems this far. Um, I really liked him as a player. I thought he was way overdrafted, but I did like him a lot. And I thought he was showing flashes, but you talk about what Gus Edwards could be in any offense. He's like one of the best one, two down grinders in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, one place I would love to see him is the Chargers put him with austin eckler no dude let, don't do that to eckler come on let him go to work no i mean eckler's still getting his 16 to 18 touches but just let gus edwards be like a 10 to 12 touch no, guy dude, dude. let I gus edwards go to like buffalo or pittsburgh or buffalo be fine or san I mean, honestly, fran anywhere yes he's so good he's one of those underrated players i've in a long time honestly like watch gus edwards play he's such a good running yeah. back so you want to take him i'm good with taking edwards i love gus edwards the All player right. Yeah, let's knock these picks out. We only got three left. Don't want the podcast to go too long. We're at probably like an hour 20 right now. So yeah. let's keep it under an hour and a half. So now let's go back to the receivers we were talking about. Uh, I'll let you make the pick because I like both pretty equally. Tyler Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'll go Tyler Johnson. All right. Tyler Johnson. I could, Dude, I was so excited when we drafted him because I, I put out like a thread on how big of a sleeper he was. He was ranked as like my wide receiver eight, and he was like consensus outside the top 15 for most people in the mm-hmm. NFL draft. Like not the not the uh, fantasy draft, but in the NFL draft for receivers. And I was like, dude, this guy's such a sleeper. And then Tampa drafted him. I was going crazy <laughs> when we got him. I was like, there's no way. All right, so we just got Tyler Johnson. We got two spots left. We're going to keep those tight ends. Uh We'll, we'll take one of those tight ends between Troutman and Herndon. And basically, it's the last pick, so like you guys can just pick whoever you want out of those two, like the listeners, and, and you know plug that in in their head. So let's look at uh, what receivers are left. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones is still probably there. Russell Gage, Miles Boykin, Tim Patrick, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Travis Fulgham, Auden Tate, Scotty Miller. So you like Peoples-Jones the most? Um, I do. I don't think Odell's gonna be back, and if he is, I think it'll be like one. Yeah, year. no, they're gonna trade him. I think they trade him. I like uh, I like Hollywood Higgins too, but Hollywood Higgins, Rashard Higgins. He calls himself Hollywood too. Oh, really? And why? Yeah, I don't know why. I just it's always rung a uh, resonated with me. That's weird. But yeah, I'm cool with taking Donovan Peoples Jones. Like right. he's just so physically gifted. 
that he could end up being really good in that play action offense. So I'm cool with that. He's had some good plays. All right, cool. And so you know what's cool too is we've got Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert as our first two picks. It's given us the luxury to not have to be like, oh, do I need to reach for a quarterback? Ugh, do I need to reach for a quarterback? Do I need to reach yeah. for a quarterback the entire draft? Because I will tell you, I've done that before in a super flex draft, and I did like the let me see what I could do and get quarterbacks later, and I hated it. Like my team was was good, but like my quarterback situation is a glaring problem, and I have no way of fixing it because my team was good. I was. I made it to, I think, the final four. So I have the, what what pick is that, ninth? I have the ninth pick in the draft. So there's no way I'm going to be able to find a quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. Like, And I, I don't have enough assets to, to trade away for a quarterback just because of how much everyone values quarterbacks in super flex leagues. So that's why it's really important to get them early. But we got our last yeah. spot. So, um, I mean, Chris, I want to add in like one go for bit it. of advice that the one thing that I've always done in drafts, which kind of goes with what you just said about getting your getting your guys early, getting your quarterbacks early. Um, I always, always, always want to be the one that's starting a run on a position. Yes. So like this year, I took Travis Kelsey in the middle of the second round and then tight end started going after that. Like you want to be the guy that starts the run on the position, because if not, you're going to look up and for some reason you're taking someone like. I don't know, Marquise Hollywood Brown in the fifth round for no reason because wide receivers just went on the board like really, really quickly. It happens a lot with tight ends and quarterbacks in uh, one quarterback leagues especially, but in super flex yeah. leagues, I can only imagine it's only more with quarterbacks. So you always want to be the one that's starting that run. If not, cut your losses, take the value that's coming down on the board to you, and then regroup once you feel like a certain tier of quarterback has passed. I think like the best way to draft is using tiers. Because then you know, like, oh, once this certain bucket of players is gone, um, I'm going to go over to the next one. And then yeah, so on and so forth. So that's one thing that I just wanted to say. But, yes, this last uh, last few picks, what do we got? All right. So last few picks, uh, I think – well, it's actually just one pick left. So we're basically going with the tight end combo of either Chris Herndon, Adam Troutman. So I know you like Troutman better. I like Herndon better. So we'll just leave it at that for the listeners to take whoever you want. Um, so that that wraps up the draft. So let's just go over what we did real quick. So in order, um, do you think I should say in order? Or you think I should just go like by the the lineup of the like? I think at, go by the lineup. By lineup, all right. So Justin yes. Herbert at QB one. Then our running backs: DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, starting receivers: AJ Brown, Lavisca Chenault, Will Fuller, tight end: TJ Hawkinson. Then our super flex is Deshaun Watson. Right, that was our second pick after Herbert. Then. Backup running backs, Ronald Jones, A.J. Dillon. That's our running backs three, four. And then our running back five is Gus Edwards. I think that's a good number right here. And then wide receivers, because remember, you're, you have to start more receivers in this in this dynasty lineup than running backs. So it's important to have better depth there. Our bench receivers are Denzel Mims, Darnell Mooney, Tyler Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then our backup tight ends are Jonu Smith, which is honestly insane as our tight end two in Dynasty two because he's very young. And um, the last one being either Adam Troutman or Chris Herndon. And then we have Jameis Winston sitting on the bench as the possible upside play as our third quarterback who could turn into um, either a, a really good play for us or like a, a sell high if he uh, signed somewhere and we don't believe that you know he's going to hold the job there for a long time, whatever the case may be. That's our, our lineup. I think it looks really good. I'm probably going to post it on Twitter um, along with like this will probably be the picture I put up when I, uh, you know, post it out there for everyone to see. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And Gadiel, man, you, I really appreciate you coming on. You got to plug whatever you want to plug. I got to give you that platform to do so, <laughs> right? So where can, we, we, where can uh, the listeners find you? 
because you're definitely a good guy to uh, talk to when it comes to fantasy. Um, so I got a couple of places. I am on Twitter at ftfantasy underscore gad underscore g a d. Oh boy, being the gad part. Um, <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in the bio. Yeah, it'll be in the bio. It's kind of it's kind of a mouthful there. Um, on Instagram, it's very simple. It's at first take fantasy. Me and my one of my best friends, Tyler, we run the account. We just talk fantasy, uh, we talk rookies, dynasty, uh, strategy, all that good stuff. All the lessons you want to learn from fantasy, we talk about that. And our podcast is the FC Fantasy Football Podcast. It is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm plugging it on my Twitter, my Instagram all the time. So if you follow one of those accounts, you'll definitely catch the podcast and be able to get it through there. But yeah, no, it was a pleasure for having me on. I've never done a super flex, and I think I really like the strategy of drafting those quarterbacks early. So I definitely learned something today from you. I want to thank you for that, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, man. I mean, we all learn from each other all the time. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on and you know spouting some uh, Darnell Mooney hype for sure. I, I definitely can't believe I, I forgot about him because he's somebody I like too. I just scrolled mm-hmm. past him and didn't even notice. Um and, you know, everything else that we've talked about. So I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I'm sure the listeners enjoyed this episode. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Wow. Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Got to Go mention Bucks. it. Yes, sir. Let's get the win in Tampa. I'm Let's not a Bucks go. fan. I'm a Patriots fan. Full transparency. But I am rooting for Tom Brady. Let's go. To get it done. I just, he's the GOAT. I want to see him do a GOAT thing. Let's go. And since since I have you on the podcast right now, you want to give your early pick to win? Um... Honestly, man, I would probably have to pick t- pick the Chiefs, but also like it would be much better for me to pick the Chiefs and be wrong than for me to pick the Bucks and be wrong. So I'm gonna pick Here's the Chiefs thing. probably. But Here's my thing with this week or with this game. It's the same thing I told you last game, where missing that starting left tackle is going to be a huge impact, right? Last game it was a huge problem for Aaron Rodgers. Obviously Patrick Mahomes is on a different level. I mean Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, he's unbelievable. But Jason Pierre Paul, Shaq Barrett those guys, dude. Via be, via being back is is the game changer. He, they're or, going to harass Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and the way you beat them is you play one safety deep, you play the underneath routes, and you make Mahomes kind of dink and dunk his way a little bit. You just yeah. give them the underneath, and you make him dink and dunk his way down the field, and he will take shots at some point. That is the formula for beating Mahomes. It's not easy. Not every team can do it. There's no nope. guarantee that the <laughs> yeah, Bucks can do it. Exactly, but. I think the Bucks' defense will actually like hold them to not 40 points. And I think Brady, he's going to have to have a GOAT performance to win this game. 100%. But I believe in him for a reason. He's been my guy for the last, I don't know, I've been alive for 21 years. So he's been my guy for the last 21 years of me being alive. Yeah. I'm going with Brady. I know it sounds crazy. I'll probably throw oh, money on it. Wow. I, I'm dang, a big, I, I like it. I like the Bucks. I like their defensive line, that front seven. It's just there's too many dynamic players there. I, I really think that the Bucks are going to pull this out. Yeah, I like, dude, I like that. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's. I think the X Factor is going to be Vita Vea because he actually was used the exact opposite I expected him to be used, which I think was great call by Bulls. They used him on passing downs to collapse the inside of the pocket so that mm-hmm. Rodgers couldn't step up in the pocket, and then it allowed JPP and Barrett to actually get to, to Rodgers without him being able to like shift through the pocket and move. So that was awesome. And yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm nervous, but I'm just so happy the Bucks made it to this point. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't want to keep you too long. Have a good one. Remember, you can message either of us anytime and uh, we'll, we'll get to uh, get to all the responses. Have a good one. Peace.